Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. Gotham City is out of control. An entire city screaming in fear. Super villains walk the streets, preying on the innocent. They will learn the true nature of harm. The police are powerless. A creature prowls this urban wasteland. This man, he moves in darkness. For some, he is a rumor. A name whispered in the corridors of the underworld, waiting for the chance to strike. Let every criminal know the acid taste of fear. You're crazy! Gotham has forgotten what justice means. The Dark Knight is here to remind them. Batman. Good guys wear black. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 155 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, and sitting alongside me as he is each and every week, my good friend and good brother, that's right, Liam. Welcome to episode 155 of the DCAU Review. That's right, we are wrapping up the month of April here with one final Batman the Animated Series review, and it's a big one this week, Cal. It's, uh, not only is it a fun, memorable episode for the series, but it's also really one of the first, if not the first, uh, DC superhero crossovers that we got in the DCAU, as, uh, this episode is aptly titled and features the character of the same name, Zatanna. That's right. Uh, it is a bit of a tent pole or a monumental occasion uh, for the DCAU. Uh, yeah, I don't think that, I mean, even if we looked at episodes out of order, that there weren't crossovers before this. So this is the first inkling that there might be superheroes uh, outside of those uh, in Gotham, although I guess the argument could be made whether or not she's presented as a superhero in this episode. <laughs> uh, but we'll get to that when we get into our plot discussion today. Uh, before we do, I'm sure you have the official imdb synopsis for this week's episode as you do each and every week this episode liam originally aired on fox kids back on february the 2nd 1993 which means we just celebrated the 28 year anniversary of this episode just a few months back yeah that episode and i have uh, have that in common uh, so. <laughs> yes but uh, this is for the episode zatanna which was written by paul dini boy was it Directed by Dick Sebast and Dan Reba, with music by Peter Tomaszek and Narita Tyson Chu, and animation by Dong Yang. And that synopsis reads as such. A stage magician and former friend of Bruce Wayne is framed for grand larceny. Okay. 
Yeah, bare I mean, bones, but that is in fact the plot of the episode. We've had worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we can uh, we can kind of jump into plot from there. But yeah, so this is as we mentioned uh, up top, and as the title of the episode would suggest, it's a a DC Comics character, and uh, we very quickly get a flashback. We see uh, we see Bruce Wayne and Alfred in attendance at this magician Zatanna show. And uh, through a little bit of dialogue, we very quickly get a flashback to a young Bruce Wayne, probably the youngest Bruce Wayne we've ever seen. Uh, I think you mean John Smith. You're right. We don't. We we can't confirm for sure that this is Bruce Wayne, <laughs> but uh, Bruce Wayne seems to, seems to be having a, a flashback to when he in fact learned how to be a uh, an escape artist under the tutelage of one John Zatara and uh, his daughter Zatanna. Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting way to tie in these classic DC characters here while giving you a little bit more of the Bruce Wayne backstory tying into just how he became the escape artist uh, that he is today. And it's interesting because we've seen uh, him sort of use a lot of these escape uh, artistry skills in various different episodes. I think the one that stands out to me is, is maybe Be a Clown, where he did mm-hmm. a very Houdini-esque uh, escape, which of course you can hear in the archives at dcaureview.com if you're interested in hearing our take on that episode. Uh, But uh, it's interesting because this does give a little bit of background at least for why and how he became uh, such a great and skillful escape artist because uh, quite frankly that that isn't always explored in a lot of areas and maybe that idea of him being a a Houdini-like character isn't always translated into every form of media. Mm -hmm. Uh, comics for sure, but maybe not in in the movies. But uh, definitely something that was heavily relied upon in this series. So it's great that they at least gave it some sort of explanation. You've got the makings of a great magician. I'm sorry you're going to be moving on. Same here. It was an honor to study with you, Zatara. But to what end? Three months ago you appeared on my doorstep with no interest in performing. And yet dying to become an escape artist. (laughs) And for some reason, I wound up teaching you secrets I'd never shown another magician. You could have sent me away. No, there was something inside you I had no right to deny. Something deep and painful. After all, I would be foolish to assume I was the only one with secrets. Eh, John Smith? Yeah, I think think it's cool. Obviously, there's there's always sort of that idea that as a young man, Bruce Wayne traveled the world. We've seen the flashbacks to him learning his fighting techniques in Night of the Ninja and Day of the Samurai previously in the series. And so to see a, uh, a little bit more of his training, where else he, he learned throughout his life, I think is, is quite a bit of fun. And again, explores who Bruce Wayne was and kind of what, what, how motivated he was to become this thing. And uh, when we flash a little bit further forward in the timeline to say the flashbacks that we see in Mask of the Phantasm where he's had the training and is kind of putting the final pieces together to become this this bat this legendary Batman character. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's fun to see that and it creates an interesting episode because Batman does not uh, as we as the episode continues on, Zatanna her her big trick is that she's gonna make, all of this money disappeared because her show is taking place in front of the Gotham Mint, 
naturally. Where else would you hold a, a magic show? <laughs> uh, like maybe a theater? No, just on the streets in front of the Gotham Inn. Um, Rain or shine, apparently. Of course. So uh, uh, she makes the money disappear, but when she goes to bring it back, it is in fact not there. And so uh, the the owner of the or the I guess the proprietor of the Gotham Mint, as well as this strange uh, magician skeptic, she, she he is referred to as a, a per, as a professional Perfect. magic debunker. <laughs> uh, that being the villain of this episode, uh, Doctor Montague Kane. Such a villainous name. Oh yes, it's uh, yeah, it's straight out of a as as we'll get to more of that probably in visuals later, but it's straight out of like an Indiana Jones or. Or something like that. Uh, but they're very quick to assume that Zatanna must have stolen the money as she's unable to bring it back. Like, immediately, right to yes. jail. <laughs> like, four cops run up on the stage. They drive a cop car onto the stage. <laughs> like, it's real quick. They got their billy clubs out. They're ready <laughs> yeah. for a fight. Yeah, they were uh, they were pretty aggressive in this case. But uh, So, of course, Batman does not believe that she is uh, could possibly have been the one that stole, stole it. So... He uh, he takes something of a risk, and I and I kind of wish that would have been followed up on a little bit more. He she's in a transport on her way to jail, and Batman lands on top of the the truck and breaks her out, and and they go off to sort of solve the mystery of who set her up. But it's like we don't we don't get any sort of like only one person could have broken her out right right out of a moving truck. It was Batman clearly. But we don't see anything of, like, him being in conflict with the police or of, say, like, a Commissioner Gordon or obviously the obvious one would probably be Bullock to be the one that right. finds out about this. But I guess they just didn't feel like they had time Maybe they for chalked that. it up to magic. Yes. <laughs> she just disappeared and it's magic. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's sort of the second half of the episode is they, they go on the hunt for this Dr. Montague Kane who uh, they quickly figure out must be behind it and... Uh, they, it's a death trap at his big castle mansion, and then the sort of they set up the uh, the final uh, confrontation on this giant flying wing. Yeah, where have that, we seen one of those before? Yes, <laughs> uh, that uh, that he's trying to escape and uh, and sort of avoid uh, extradition charges on by escaping to a a foreign country. And that's where uh, we get kind of our final confrontation of the episode. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's interesting because backtracking just a little bit, we we do see that there is some connection there. Uh, Bruce isn't quite ready to reveal that he is John Smith. And as far as we know, we we don't get that Zatanna knows that he's Bruce. There's not even a wink or a nod to for her to recognize that he is was a young Bruce Wayne. She mm-hmm. knows that Batman is the John Smith because of a, a reveal that he does in, in the... Uh, in the the culmination of the scene where he he and Zatanna are chained together and get thrown out of the flying wing, but there is this connecting point where she seems to recognize some part of him that she um, that she you know connected with when they were when when they were young and training together. She clearly had quite the crush on him in the flashback scene. Um, so for her to then recognize a similar a, a, a similar uh, familiarity uh, to to Batman, even as he's connecting with her and nice car. Thanks. You know, I didn't love the idea of spending the night in jail, but this does technically make me a fugitive. I believe I'm looking at some prison time now. I heard about the mint robbery. I can help prove you didn't do it. Why do you care about some leggy dame in nylons? 
Or have I answered my own question? If you want to go it alone. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm having a bad day. I'm sure whoever framed you knew how your trick was done. They may have left a clue at the mint. He sort of explains it away. Uh, she she mentions in passing that uh, her father has is gone, and uh, uh, Bruce apologizes or Batman apologizes rather, and and uh, she's she's you know she's kind of befuddled by the <laughs> by why he would care or, or say something like that, and uh, and one could argue it would be just Batman's compassion, but uh, clearly uh, he 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 kind of explains it away that he once saw him perform as a child, so. Uh, very, very interesting. But she, she remarks that he seems quite familiar in that conversation, and they begin re- kind of reconnecting throughout there. And then, as you mentioned, they, they go to Montague Kane's castle where they escape a death trap, and Batman's detective work leads him uh, to, uh, to, to find them on the flying wing. Uh, how he got on the flying wing... Is that we don't see, yeah we don't see the bat plane we don't see <laughs> or the glider or anything in this episode not sure how he got there not sure who's mm. flying the plane maybe Alfred was there and yeah Batman. and like it's already in the air it's not like we see it take off correct so he didn't sneak aboard so yeah we I mean he might have we didn't see that yeah but it, the implication is there's this like voiceover from from Kane uh, taunting them and he's like I'm already going to somewhere friendlier or whatever. So the implication there, and then when we cut to the next scene, they're already in the air, and he's uh, remarking about how he's going to get away with all this money scot-free, and uh, and and that, and then they just sort of appear. So, right. <laughs> so yeah, that's the uh, and they they get captured and are seemingly about to be chained up and thrown out of a of a moving plane. Um, and that is sort of when Batman fully reveals himself to be this this John Smith that she knew. As uh, he he is the only one who ever called her Zana, and uh, I th- which I thought was kind of a cute little uh, little way to to reveal that. With all reverence for the departed, Zatara himself couldn't escape those locks. Still, between the two of you, you might be able to loosen a few chains before you hit the water. Take my hand. That makes two of us. Trust me, Zana. Zana? Quick, in my glove. And they're able to escape the chains, and they're sort of holding on to, as they're falling out of the plane onto this net, and and uh, it's it's a very dramatic final final battle on, on the top. It's the Batman against Kane's two thugs. Uh, on this, on the wing of the plane for for most of the rest of the episode there, and uh, it is quite dramatic. And and at one point, Kane sort of takes control of the plane and is flying. And we'll certainly get more into this in visuals as well. And and then yeah, we have a as a, as they defeat the bad guys and are able to land the plane. We have kind of this nice moment again where um, Zatanna asks him kind of why why did he end up the way he is. Um, and he, he sort of explains it away as, you know, what you would expect Batman to say, which is painful memories and a promise that he made. And, uh, and she, but I think the greatest part here is the ending where she 
pulls a disappearing act on Batman. Yeah, it's, it would have been interesting to have Batman give the old line, you know, so that's how that feels or something <laughs> like that. But yeah, it was interesting. And then she, she leaves only behind a, a signed poster made out to John, uh, mentioning that she hates goodbyes as well. But uh, it's interesting because we don't don't get the return of this Zatanna in, in this series, but of course we do know that she does return later on in Justice League Unlimited. Uh, so we do know that she, she shall return, but this sort of pseudo-romance isn't really ever much touched on again, at least in the animated series. Uh, so uh, it's sort of left uh, kind of as a one-and-done here with this. But, uh, Liam, I guess that will bring us uh, to the end of our discussion here for plot. Uh, overall, I, I think it's it's a fun episode, but I, I think it does feel a little bit rushed at mm-hmm. times. Um, you're introducing a brand new character. I would have loved to have seen more flashback scenes. Agreed. Uh, kind, of, kind of detailing more of the relationship that... Uh, Zatanna and and quote unquote John Smith had at you know at that time you're you're led to believe at least by the scene that Bruce really was focused solely on his training mm-hmm. and didn't have much of an interest romantically to her and it was more of a one sided thing but then as the episode goes on you kind of see that. He, Maybe, I, I don't know, maybe he never did have a romantic interest in her. Maybe it was strictly a, a friendship, but uh, for for them to sort of allude to that seems a little bit strange based on that one flashback scene that we had. Yeah, I definitely think we could have seen more of that um, in a future episode that we have not yet reviewed because we review them in order as well. Uh, Batman Beyond, Zatanna does make it into his... Uh, Lost Loves photo collage mm-hmm. with uh, Selena Kyle and Talia and and uh, Barbara, of course, and um, and Lois Lane, I believe, is in there as well. But um, but yeah, so it does seem that there was something there. Uh, you know, whether right, whether it was more of a a brother sister love or a, a romantic love, it's not really quite made clear at that point. But it's just a you know, a woman that he clearly had great affection for. But yeah, we don't really get to see enough of that. Um, and we'll talk about that later in voice acting because it, there is a very strong familiarity, I think, in the voice performances that we'll talk about. But on screen, what we see, we see that one flashback. And then again, for most of the episode, she doesn't really know who he is. Right. So I don't know if you could, if you either rework it where the reveal comes earlier um, or... If, yeah, if you maybe just needed to focus more on that and less on the uh, the the action of the piece. But again, it's a, it's still a kid's cartoon and maybe the, the action needs to come first at some point. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's it was tough for me to grade this one because there's a lot of stuff I like about it. Um, but I, I ended up settling on a 6 out of 10 for plot. Nice. I went just a tick higher for my score. I went a 7 out of 10. Um, I, I think... You know, this might be one that they could have stretched out to a two-parter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You probably would have needed a stronger villain, uh, perhaps a, a different villainous plot, because I don't know if that, where the money go, oh, it's hidden by the debunker. I guess maybe you could have had some red herrings or something in the initial uh, the initial disappearance of the, of the money that may have lent. Uh, to a little bit more of an of an interesting elongated plot story mm-hmm. there, but uh, again, I, I think that they missed out on an opportunity, especially with 
uh, having Paul Dini write this episode, like having him write a very strong backstory. But then again, when you think about it, they went so much into Batman's backstory and love interest history with Mask of the Phantasm. Mm -hmm. You wonder if they were worried about being derivative of that story. Yeah, Um, and I think for that story, it's made so clear that Andrea is like his one true, true love to that point that you know before he becomes batman that maybe if they thought they made it like too uh melodramatic or too too romantic that maybe that would take away from what he gives what he chooses to kind of give up or what is taken away from him in in mask of the phantasm as well yeah that's that's a good point uh either way i think you know this is an episode that's that's fun it's not it doesn't drag Mm -mm. uh it moves very quickly not not a ton of action uh, I think the the culmination of the of the entire thing is where most of the action comes from. It, you know, the fight on the plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a little bit with the escape, the the intrigue and the escape uh, part of the death trap, but um, not not tons of action either. So, uh, like last week's episode where we had a story that relied heavily on the 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 story itself the plot itself this was kind of like a mix of it but i Mm -hmm. i feel like neither of those things were terribly strong yeah and i think we can also kind of use this as our transition to talking about visuals but other than the setting of the final battle being on the side of a of a plane this very much not in a tone way but in the way it's structured as a story felt like it could be an episode of the adam west batman to me yeah where you have like your celebrity guest star show mm-hmm. up and mm-hmm. the villain makes their move bat and then there's a death trap that Batman must escape from <laughs> and then the final battle is him fighting like two or three guys for a couple minutes that's and, true it's very you know if you if you added in a few more quips and and camp and some bam pow wham sound effects on the screen i think this could have been a again not from a from a tone or or even really a story perspective just kind of the way the story is structured yeah I agree. That's fair. All right. Well, then let's move on to visual and animation, Liam. We can talk about that today. Uh, So uh, I believe, as you mentioned, there are multiple directors for this episode, which uh, according to the trivia is because one of the directors uh, may have stepped out or departed midway through the actual episode here. So we ended up having Dan Reba step in. Yeah, so so I think this is, yeah, this is Dick Sebast's last episode on the series. He had uh, previously directed Robin's Reckoning, uh, and I think the second part of The Cat and the Claw and a few other episodes. So had some some pretty strong ones under his belt, but uh, I guess moved on um, to other projects. And while this episode was still in production, so so Dan Reba uh, was able to step up and, and take the reins to, to finish it. And uh, from a visual perspective, I mean, what we always talk about, especially in these original run Batman episodes, is how Batman himself looks, because it very it can vary widely from uh, from episode to episode. It's it's consistent, but it is kind of uh, a mixture. You pointed out to me um, where you have a little bit of the longer nose on the cow, but maybe the ears aren't quite as long. Yeah, it's not that. It's I felt like Batman's jaw was very square for the majority of the, of the episode which <laughs> yeah. uh you know rings truer to that those original bruce tim drawings and storyboards so uh i i feel like that's it but but there was at times where that cow was a little bit droopier and his chin was a little bit like bigger mm-hmm. um which lends more to that other style that that we we've seen throughout uh throughout various episodes but 
Yeah, I, I think uh, model on model wise, mostly everybody looked uh, looked to be on model. I did feel the characters moved a little stiffly at times, especially uh, in that flashback uh, scene with Zatara and Zatanna and 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 Bruce all together. Uh, there was some stiffness there. With that scene, though, uh, as we've commented several times, I love the visual device of using that sepia tone uh, on the flashbacks to really drive home the fact that this is not modern day, mm -hmm. to differentiate it between what you're watching in real time yeah. and that uh, those flashbacks. And, of course, we've, we've seen that several times before. It's a great, great visual mm -hmm. uh, device to use. Uh, I really, really thought that looked great. I thought uh, the character model for uh, Zatara himself was very, very 1920s, putting on the Ritz. Yes. Uh, really, really enjoyed that. Even the way that he walked as he was walking away uh, out of the scene, I thought he was, it was a very Mr. Peanut-esque. Yeah, like, he, he looks like he steps out of like Moulin Rouge or something. Yeah, like, yeah for very, sure. Very old time show business, uh, like you said, 1920s show business guy. Um, and I guess we, we kind of forgot to mention this in plot, but there is a great moment where uh, Zatanna is showing him a card trick. And uh, she thinks uh, she's given him the two of hearts, but in reality, she's actually given him... Uh, and the point is she's trying to tell his future with these cards. And in fact, she hands him a card. She asks if it's the two of hearts, and he looks down, and it happens to be a joker. I thought you'd be finishing the tour with us. I'm leaving for Japan tomorrow. There's still a lot I have to learn. Boy, that's you. One big serious schoolboy. No time in your life for fun or magic. Here, pick a card. I'll tell your future. Hmm, I see emotion, intensity, two of hearts. Joker. Oh, it's a dumb trick anyway. Which, of course, hilarious. That's a tremendous, yeah, that's a tremendous, like, Paul Dini quirky joke to throw in there that well she did really tell his future right. even though she got the <laughs> trick wrong two two of hearts she thought but not her heart that's for sure him and the joker doing it forever <laughs> uh but yeah yeah i thought that that was a, a great uh great gag there too um yeah I, I and and i think for the the most of it uh, the the rest of it as we mentioned the the visual trap as you mentioned i think in, in at the beginning is it is a nod to indiana jones mm -hmm. uh with the spike walls closing trying to crush uh, batman and, and zatanna together uh and then there's there's some fisticuffs at the end that that uh we get uh, not only Batman punching and kicking guys. We see a uh, a kick connect with a. I, I love how they got around the censorship with a red flash <laughs> as the kick connects. So you don't exactly see the kick connect, but you know that it connects based, mm -hmm. based on the flash. We saw that in last week's episode too with a white flash. Uh, so enjoy, enjoyed that, and then uh, even Zatanna herself gets in on the action with a little bit of uh, fisticuffs as well. That's right. That's kind of the the finale. There is Batman's handling the thugs and. Uh, it looks like maybe uh, Montague Kane's going to escape. She uh, she appears behind him and gives him just a straight right cross. Like, well, and that was after it, pr previously he I, again some of these things that get past the the standards and practices. <laughs> uh, he he is captured Zatanna and is 
before he chains her to Batman, says that uh, compliments how attractive she is and says that he might spare her if he's, quote, properly implored, unquote. <laughs> Which I was like, how in the world did they get that past the censors? But she, she, uh, she does a great job of smashing his foot in the process <laughs> with her stiletto. So uh, really enjoyed that. And then, of course, uh, we actually get, I guess, what is technically the series debut of The Flying Wing. That's right. Which, of course, we see later on uh, famously in World's Finest or the Batman Superman movie, however you like to call it. And mm-hmm. then uh, and then later on, of course, in uh, in the Savage Time, they return. There's some flying wings mm-hmm. there as well. So a visual device that this one, I feel like, was modeled directly out of a, a Fleischer Superman cartoon. Very... Uh, I think the the initial uh, presentation of it is done with it in a in a painting. It's not it's, it's a painted version of mm-hmm. it versus an animated version of it. So for that reason, uh, you know, it, it brought up a lot of those Fleischer Superman feelings uh, of it. But uh, love those flying wings. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's a, it's a cool. It's, it's just this giant massive aircraft. There's like a they're in like a ballroom at one point. Like it's this giant vehicle. So even though it's theoretically a plane, you can. You can have a lot of different uh, sets, as it were, uh, for for these these backdrops. And yeah, the final bit there, some tremendous hashtag cape movement as Batman is on the wing of the plane uh, fighting the two thugs. and Who he, by the way, throws <laughs> off to their death. Yeah, we don't, they do not pop back out of the water. We do not see them... Uh, we do not see them in the uh, in the police vehicle at the end end when uh, Kane's being loaded in. So as far as we know, Batman killed those guys. Well, in in his defense, he pushed one of them out of the way and he fell into the other one, and they both fell thousands of feet sure off of the flying wing into the <laughs> water below. So. Uh, but yeah, typically, as we mentioned, even uh, when we interviewed uh, Kevin Altieri, uh, the the director of the episode Off Balance, that typically they were required, even from great heights, uh, falling. If somebody fell from a great height, they'd have to land in water, and then they'd have to their heads would have to pop up at some point uh, to show that they were alive. So the fact that they snuck this past the standards and practices, I thought was was very interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. Usually that was that was a very strong mandate. Uh, and, uh, or at the very least, or if they're knocked unconscious, you had to have a keep alive groan, as it was known. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was that was kind of a fascinating little twip, twitch when uh, a twist when they uh, when they fall into the water and it just cuts away. <laughs> so indeed. I guess the last thing, Liam, that we should talk about then is uh, is Zatanna herself and her visually, uh, very much based on, I guess, her original look. She's had a lot of different looks since then, more mystical mm-hmm. uh, appearances. This one, of course, uh, more the traditional magician's garb. She does have the, uh, the I believe she even mentions it at one point, that, uh, that Batman must just be interested in her because she's a, a, a leggy dame in nylons. <laughs> uh, so so, uh, but but a, a very interesting visual there. But I think what what makes this episode even funnier because uh, Paul Dini was the director is that he ended up marrying someone who not only looked a lot like Zatanna but was also a magician. That's right. The uh, the great Misty Lee is his uh, is his wife. They uh, yeah they've married for a while now, and yeah it is very funny because. Uh, and I know he's talked about that, that Zatanna was always one of his favorite characters growing up and, and reading as he, as he got older. And 
uh, was very excited to work her into Batman the Animated Series when they had the chance. And of course, he later comes back and writes an episode of Justice League with her in it. So you can tell the love he had with the character. He also did a run uh, on a Zatanna comic in the uh, in the 2000s. Um, so it is it is very funny that, yes, this, he had such a love for this character, and then he kind of ended up marrying himself a real-life Zatanna at the end, uh, at the end uh, later in his life, which is a, is, is a pretty cool little uh, little nugget there. Yeah, that's right. Um, so for, for all that, uh, I, I guess we can get into our scores here for our visuals and animation. Uh, so not a whole lot, as we said here, uh, visually that is interesting. Um, you know, we get that final battle, but there is a lot, uh, and the tension that was, that's built in the, the scene with the, the spiky death trap, but, mm-hmm. uh, there isn't an, a whole lot of interesting visuals other than maybe that sepia tone flashback uh, because it's a lot of dialogue happening mm-hmm. between Zatanna and Batman and there's a lot of time that takes place in the Batmobile actually them them discussing things yeah. and them having having dialogue that way uh, so there's not a whole lot visually here that's interesting it's not a negative I don't think that there's there's nothing that looks bad mm-hmm. uh, so for all those reasons I ended up giving visual and animation a a six out of ten yeah and i'm uh, i'm just a tick higher i went seven out of ten um yeah that's i think that's a fair assessment of it there's uh there's certainly nothing bad or, or off model or anything but there there is sort of a lack i do think the the backgrounds are are very cool like that that castle i kind of wish they had just stayed in the castle <laughs> mansion for the whole for the whole rest of the episode yeah that would have been interesting um, because that that was a to me a way more interesting visual place and the idea of them kind of having to do more because I, I, the idea of okay he learned how to be an escape artist so the finale of the episode which it kind of is because they have to escape from the chains and they're hanging on the net out of the plane but it like it seems to me like it should have been a more like dramatic death trap that they had to get out of maybe and again they, sure. maybe that's more of a plot note than a visual <laughs> note but because of it because the ending is just batman kind of punching some guys um it's uh, it's not it's maybe not as visually interesting as it as it perhaps could have been in in retrospect i do love like i said the uh, the ending there is batman kind of turns to say something to her and you just see the, a little bit of smoke and this flash of light and she's gone and then he picks up the the uh, the poster with uh, with her note on it is uh, and kind of gives a little wry smile and and then it sort of pans up and So you never wrote I meant to really Hey it's okay I can see you've been busy Just answer an old friend one question Shoot what happened that made you put this on? A painful memory. And a promise. I'd say you're keeping that promise pretty well. And for what it's worth, Dad would have been proud of you tonight. You too. Can I give you a ride? John. Goodbyes too. Love, Zana. P.S. Don't forget to write. And that's sort of the end of our episode. I do think that ending is, is really neat. Like, sort of a visual thing that. Yeah, certainly 
not the greatest visuals we've ever seen or, or animation we've ever seen in an episode, but uh, definitely some cool stuff in there. For sure. Uh, interestingly enough, side sidebar, uh, the uh, DC Collectibles R.I.P. Zatanna figure from the uh, Batman the Animated Series even comes with that poster. Aww. Uh, so uh, great that she got a figure out of this episode also. And yes. the, the accessories were some of the, the underrated uh, things about that line. But uh, anyway, moving on to our next category here, Liam, which is going to be music. And... Uh, didn't have a whole ton of notes about music this week. Mm-hmm. There's a couple spots where the Shirley Walker Batman theme kicks in. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, when they're on the wing. I think that's that to me was the scene that stood out the most. Uh, the, the fight scene on the wing was where the music seemed to, to play up the most. And then, of course, there's a little bit of it that comes in at, at the very beginning as, as Zatanna's preparing to do the trick. But uh, what notes did you have with regards to music today? Yeah, the, the music that stood out to me most is the, the the music we hear right at the start when the title card comes up. Um, it's sort of this kind of very, like, kind of Vegas-y, uh, like, brass band kind of intro as we as we, as we we introduce the Zatanna character, uh, which I really liked. And sounded kind of that sort of music that's sort of, like, adding to, like, the wonderment as she's doing all these cool tricks right at the start of the episode. Um, and then the only other real musical note I had beyond uh, kind of what you already mentioned about some of the, the ways the Batman theme was worked in, uh, I thought the music when they are in the Spike Death Trap, uh, which itself I believe is, a, is an homage to a scene in Indiana Jones, um, I thought that the, there's some pretty great like dramatic, uh, you know, and the pace kind of quickens to the music as it gets more dire and they're uh, Batman's pulling the spikes off the wall to, uh, to try to stop them from moving at first, and then they're trying to kind of jimmy loose the the uh, the trap door that the, that they fell in. Uh, so I, I think the music's pretty strong in there. But yeah, I did not have a ton of musical notes beyond that. Like I said, I, I did really like uh, those those two spots of the music, and uh, for those reasons, I ended up settling on a six out of ten for music. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I gave it just a tick higher. I gave a 7 out of 10. I think that Zatanna theme at the beginning is pretty strong. I enjoyed that. Um, and then, like I said, the, the music that, that plays during that, that fight scene on the wing was were, were pretty strong. There is a lot of silence that's used in this, though, mm-hmm. as, as they are in the Batmobile, and there's a lot, as we said, kind of dialogue heavy between Bruce and Zatanna mm-hmm. and a lot of it. Uh, there's a little bit that plays also when they're, they're breaking into the Mint uh, together to try and figure out just kind of how how the trick which by the way we didn't talk about in plot but they don't really there's like a hologram reflection that's involved but we don't really (laughs) we don't really it's very much explained away in a way where you don't have to think very much about how the plot itself worked but anyway uh, as they're sort of discovering that there's a giant mirror in the uh, middle of the of the mint that was used uh, to help get uh, get the the money away or to distract uh, as or used I guess to to reflect a hologram to make it look like that there was uh, that there was money in the mint when it wasn't there ever at all. Uh, there's there's some music that plays in there that adds adds to a little bit of the risk and the tension that's happening. Uh, but uh, other than that, yeah, I, I didn't didn't have a whole whole lot. Uh, it didn't. I don't know that it needed it this week based on the the conversation um, and and the the way that. Uh, 
the dialogue ended up being the focus. So uh, it's not a detriment, as I don't think we've ever said that the music is a detriment <laughs> to, uh, especially not Batman the Animated Series episodes. But mm. just just not needed this week for uh, for a strong for a strong uh, dialogue heavy episode. Yeah, I think my only other note was the the music at the very end as he's kind of looking at the poster and smiling and then it sort of pans up. There's kind of a nice little, like your your period or your exclamation point on the episode. I thought the music was, was, was quite nice in that scene as well. There you go. All right, Liam, let's uh, move on to our final category of the day and that is going to be our voice acting. Uh, so we actually have, uh, have a not a huge cast this week. A uh, couple of our returning series regulars, but then we have a, a gentleman who we've talked about several times before, uh, making a return as a yet another new character, and then uh, we have uh, an additional guest star that we'll talk about, so uh, let's talk about this week's voice cast. Yeah, just briefly, I'll mention uh, I liked uh, Vincent Schiavelli as Zatara. Again, I wish we could have gotten more of that. Uh, that flashback there, but I like he's he's just kind of a very warm and kind voice, and uh, despite only having one scene, like you do totally buy. I think that he's that he and 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 Bruce or, or John Smith, as he's known in the scene, uh, clearly have had some had a, a strong relationship built over over some time. Um, so I, I liked him, and then and he he has the designation as the DCAU wiki pointed out as one of uh, one of few people that actually was both in the Burton films and also in the DC animated universe. That's right. Uh, he played uh, he he played the organ grinder in uh, Batman Returns. <laughs> <laughs> Who could forget that magical role? Naturally. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's a he's a uh, you would recognize uh, his face if you saw him. For so, sure. Uh, it, it cool cool that they brought him into for not a major role either, uh, but just another one of those guest roles that ended up being a trivia fact of a person that crossed over between the Bert, uh, the Burton movies that made this whole series happen, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, and the actual DCAU itself. Absolutely. And uh, as mentioned, Cal, someone we've talked about several times before, we have Michael York returning as the villainous Dr. Montague Kane. Um, Montague Kane sure sounds a lot like Ares, the god of war, from, uh, <laughs> from Hawk and Dove. You said that, and I was like... What if? <laughs> come in and join me by the fire. Come, come, don't be shy. You've obviously unraveled my little scheme, and I would congratulate you face to face. You're not going to have a face when I'm done with you. Now, you slimy... <gasps> it's a trap. A trifle cliched, I know, but effective nonetheless. And while you briefly savor your fleeting triumph, I am winging toward more comfortable surroundings. And you... What we if? Can't, I don't know exactly how this would lead to war, but we can't rule it out. Because <laughs> maybe, it sounds just like... Him. Maybe he was taking... Okay, follow this thought track, okay? okay? He was robbing the mint. Mm-hmm to go to a country where he would not be extradited, mm-hmm. to then take that money mm-hmm. and fund like some sort of rebellion in that country okay. 
against uh, the government of that country, causing a coup, which would then create a war between whoever the the rebels are mm-hmm. and the country's standard government. Okay. All right, I'm with it. Are you with it? I'm with it. I, I'm ready to give this the <laughs> canon canon until proven otherwise stamp listen that we like to if martian this. manhunter was the mayor of metropolis <laughs> as we talked about in the episode speed demons which you can hear in the archives at dcaureview.com if you're curious about that one I, then i don't see why uh, Ares, the god of war could also not be uh <laughs> dr montague kane I, I see i see no reason why not and you can't prove that we're wrong that's so. right <laughs> so take that but no, it is uh, it is interesting and probably the most interesting little uh, audio Easter egg of the episode. And uh, uh, if you have been listening for a while, you'll know uh, back when we uh, interviewed uh, Kevin Altieri, the director of Off Balance, when we reviewed that episode, uh, he mentioned that uh, he and Andrea Romano had really wanted Michael York to play Rachel Ghoul. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess he was maybe te- tentatively cast in that role before that was later changed and uh michael york ends up playing count vertigo as well as as well as this character uh but they do have mr york uh at one point referred to batman as detective in this episode and that doesn't seem like it's an accident keep your distance detective no, I think that was a nice little little neat little nod and you, you wonder if it was you know, I, I don't know how much ad-libbing actors had the, uh, the the freedom to do, whether it was something that he ad-libbed as a little wink or something they just threw in there as a little as a little wink and a nod uh, to the other directors or, you know, obviously uh, Mr. Altieri was not involved in this episode directly, but uh, he did so passionately speak about his love for Michael York mm-hmm. and how... Uh, how how fortunate he felt to be able to work with such a uh, a, a legendary actor uh, on the series. So yeah, it was a nice little wink and a nod. And uh, when we heard it, we were like, we both just kind of looked at each other and we we're like, <laughs> "Yep, that was that was something that we would not have otherwise picked up on had we not heard that story." So if you're interested in hearing that, go back and uh, check out in the archives at dcaureview.com our review of Off Balance, one of our favorite episodes, just because we got some some great insight and back uh, behind the scenes stories from the uh, from the episodes director Kevin Altieri but yeah that was a that was a cute little nod and it is it is interesting because we talked about it uh, certainly on that episode but on off balance he had a uh, a standard sort of eastern european accent that he uh, that he ended up using with his his very unique but recognizable voice Mm -hmm. uh and then the multiple roles that he ends up playing in in the dcau going forward it's really hard not to to hear that voice and go hmm i i don't know that this is so much this character as it is the guy (laughs) you know it's hard to separate him from the actual character itself if that makes sense agreed agreed yeah uh yeah not that he does a bad job at all but it is just so uh, like we said, so obviously him, and uh, and it is funny that they they threw in those little those little nods to it, and yeah, he does. He's a he's very. It's a very over the top. Like I said, a very like an Indiana Jones type villain, which I think is also something we uh, we talked about with Mr. Altieri when we reviewed his performance in Off Balance. It's it's not so drastically over the top. He's not a completely unhinged, you know, over the top uh, thespian as it were, but it's very, it's very, you know, let me explain my evil plans to you, and 
as a, let me narrate to you as I put you in a death trap and, and chain you up. And <laughs> as you said, the, the very lewd line that he gets to give to uh, Zatanna is, uh, yeah, he's, like I said, it's, it's a good performance, but it is just, it's very, very recognizable as, as Michael York uh, in the episode. And then, uh, of course, in addition to a little bit of uh, Ephraim Zembalist Jr. as Alfred, uh, who does get just a phenomenal burn in on on Batman right at the start of the episode? Um, but uh, other than that, of course, in addition to uh, to Kevin Conroy's Batman, he gets to play off of Julie Brown uh, as Zatanna, who actually did appear in one previous episode, uh, Dollar in the episode Bad Episode Jar, Eternal Youth. Oh no! Uh, one, probably my least favorite episode we've reviewed to date. <laughs> Um, Worse than Unity? I hated that more than Unity. Oh my goodness. Um, but <laughs> I hate Alfred's ma- a friend. Maggie? <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> We've never heard of her before or since. Check out that one in the yeah. archives at DCAUReview.com if you want to It's a double us. feature with a good episode. Correct. So it's not a complete uh, hate fest. Uh, we try to keep things somewhat positive here. <laughs> but uh, anyway... But uh, yeah, she was uh, she was a voice in that episode and did voices on uh, Animaniacs and a lot of other uh, Warner Brothers animation throughout the years. And uh, I I think the strength because at the start of the episode I'm like she's fine. I don't really love this performance, but I think where it starts to get strong is the scene you you mentioned earlier, Cal and Plot, where uh, she mentions that her father has passed and and Kevin Conroy's Batman kind of begins to let the facade drop a little bit and 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 sort of speaks to her in a more emotional voice and uh the the scene at the end when they're chained up and he you know he he says trust me zana and uh i i think i think they're playing off of each other uh you really do feel like at that there is some familiarity there and these people do know each other and care for each other yeah i i agree um i you know it's it's it does start off like her her showy performance voice was fine. Um, I think that once she has to start acting a little bit, it does seem a little bit dry um, and emotionless. Uh, her her scene in the flashback with Bruce, I thought was. And I don't know how much of it was because Bruce was playing that younger, or that, that Kevin Conroy was playing that younger version of Bruce Wayne or John Smith in this case. Mm-hmm. But they had almost negative chemistry. It felt like in that in that scene, I didn't feel like they. Again, I, I I guess maybe I'm trying to remember it, or maybe my perception of it was that it was a little bit more mutually romantic between the two of them. But Kevin Conroy's performance in that scene scene seems like almost very wooden, and hers doesn't very much complement it in a positive way either however that those scenes that they go on in as we as you just pointed out the scene in the batmobile uh their initial conversation the batmobile as they're connecting and then uh as they're trying to escape the death trap i i think um i that i thought was was good and then i that final scene i think was great and mm-hmm. they had great chemistry in that that final scene so um it in not an uneven performance for the most part good to great Mm -hmm. uh, with a little bit of of maybe not so great uh, at the beginning but I felt like her her performance really uh, ended ended very strongly there Um, and and so combine that with you know with your Kevin Conroy performance who's mostly Batman in this episode Mm -hmm. a little bit of Bruce Wayne at the beginning but mostly Batman and then uh, Michael York who by the way so Michael York played a count a doctor 
a Greek god, and he also <laughs> played Canto, uh, a, new who, a new god. Uh, man, that guy just ran the gamut of, <laughs> of, of different various characters. Uh, that guy's just very smart and very powerful, apparently, no matter what incarnation right. he is. Uh, but all that, I think it's, it's a pretty strong episode. A lot of it, as we said, was dialogue heavy, and because I didn't feel like Zatanna's uh, dialogue was completely consistent that mm. i did take a, a a little bit off for that um and just the sort of like you know the michael york being so many different characters across the series that we've reviewed that's not his fault he does a fine job at, in it but mm. it does it is a little bit distracting it's the same thing we talked about when you hear you know mark hamill's initial performance in heart of ice where it's just a little bit jarring to hear <laughs> that character not as the other characters that you that you uh, that you are f- more familiar with him playing, um, you know. I hear him more as Canto than I do. I think any of the other characters, just because I th- feel like I saw those episodes so much growing up. But um, you know, for all those reasons, I ended up giving voice acting a, a seven out of ten. So so c- strong, uh, but not not without its 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 lacking in places. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I went with an eight out of ten, so uh, not too far off there. Um, yeah, for I think for all the reasons we mentioned, I think everyone is at least good, um, and I think yeah, I think the strengths of it are definitely uh, Julie Brown and, and Kevin Conroy playing off of each other. Um, but yeah, I think also as as we mentioned in in the plot, we wish we could have gotten more of those flashbacks to really kind of deepen uh, that relationship a little bit more. So maybe the reveal when he finally does reveal himself as Batman to her means means a tick more um but that again that's more of a plot note than a voice acting note but uh, definitely a, a strong job all around agreed all right liam well that will bring us to our final scores for this week so totaling everything up uh, i end up with a 27 out of 40 for this week what about you <laughs> and i end up with the exact same score how does this happen? Despite the fact that I don't think we agreed on a score for a single category. That is correct. The, but one of us being up and down only by one one point each round uh, still ended up with the exact same score of 27 out of 40. So let's discuss uh, rewatchability here. So this one, this one is interesting because we did mention at the top of the episode, it's the first crossover. It's the first time we get sort of an inkling that the the DCAU uh, exists outside mm-hmm. of Batman. There are, and again, this episode does not portray her as a crime-fighting superhero. Correct. Uh, but we know later on that she comes back into play. She joins the Justice League. So uh, canon-wise, this is the first sort of, uh, you know, expansion on the DCAU lore here. So, however... Uh, there's not a lot that comes out of this episode, as we said. It seems like uh, there's a little bit of a disconnect between this episode and then that Batman Beyond episode later on, where she sort of referenced as a as a, one of his great Batman's great loves. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you fall on this episode as being a a rewatch? I would say it's important enough for a for a rewatch, just because it is a character that's going to appear again later on and. It is historic in that, uh, you know, later on, obviously, in this series, we have a Jonah Hex episode. Obviously, Superman had crossovers galore, but uh, this was really kind of the first the, the first big one. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's worth watching just kind of for that reason. And because I think it's 
I am always a fan of getting to see a little bit more of, of Bruce Wayne before he became Batman. And like I said, that's I think that's a missed opportunity of this episode, but it's the same thing that kind of draws me back to this episode is is uh, anyone that kind of knew him before he was Batman coming back into his life, I think is really a fun and, and fascinating uh, tool for a story. And uh, yeah, so I think I think for all those reasons, I would give this uh, I would give this two thumbs up for rewatchability. I right, gotcha. Um, I I'll go with one thumb up. I think mm. I th- I do agree with you with it being such like a uh, you know a, a monumental occasion of the expansion of of the rosters of heroes and then as you said she does come back into play later on uh, in some Justice League episodes. So yeah, that's that's important. I think that if you're if you're just laying out the most important or most interesting episodes of Batman, this one while. It does give you a little bit of Batman's backstory. It's not enough, in my opinion, to uh, to necessarily say you have to watch it because it's it's not really again it's not really followed up on. It's not really touched on very much uh, after this. So uh, it's it's good. It's fine. It's a twenty two mm-hmm. minute uh, action packed or not as much action packed fun episode. We'll just say that. Yeah, I, th- I think this is a reverse. I think a lot of time we'll talk about an episode that's maybe important to the series but not to the dcau as a whole and this is almost kind of the reverse of that in that it's kind of important to the dcau as it's the first sign of that larger universe out there but but to the series it isn't uh, particularly important agreed all right liam well that will begin to wrap us up for this week's episode thank you everybody for tuning in and checking us out don't forget you, you can subscribe to us on your favorite podcast apps uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We also are an Anchor podcast, uh, so you can check us out on Anchor. Uh, one of the features on Anchor, Liam, is that uh, you can actually sort of like leave us voice messages based on that. We had mm-hmm. a gentleman that left us a voice message last week, said some very kind things, so we very much appreciate that. He actually asked us, uh, why don't we uh, do Uh, the Justice League episodes in order, or why haven't we covered certain Justice League episodes yet? And uh, interestingly enough, that'll lead us in a second to what we're about to preview for next month. But the reason is, is we kind of decided we're going to do the Batman animated series episodes in order, but we wanted the freedom to kind of jump around a little bit with our our other reviews. And we stuck with uh, order for Batman Beyond, but everything else we kind of go willy-nilly and kind of how we're feeling for that month. Yeah, and it, like, and as as one can see, if you look at the episodes we reviewed, we're not going to review. Like, we didn't review the first episode of JLU until we re- had uh, recorded episodes featuring most of the big important episodes of the original Justice League series, like Starcross, like Savage Time, like A Better World. So yeah, there, there, it is. I, it might be a little. I, I, we, we don't really think of that. I think because we're in the bubble, that it might be a little confusing for a for a newer listener. But again, we appreciate anyone that reaches out to us either through Anchor with that voice uh, voice message uh, feature or, of course, on uh, on Instagram or Twitter at DCAU Review, uh, both of those places. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the long and short of it is uh, for, for the Batman shows, including Beyond, we uh, we go in order. Uh, but which, for th- which explains why we've yet to cover a Zeta Project episode, right, Liam? <laughs> exactly, because we have not gotten to uh, his debut in Batman Beyond just It's yet. not because we're avoiding it like the plague. Absolutely not. That's not what's happening. <laughs> for sure. For absolutely for sure. For sure. Well, all right, Liam. Well, that will bring us uh, to start previewing next week's episode, which uh, is actually going to kick off a new month. 
And Liam, I have titled this month, The Month of Magic. <laughs> yeah, it's Magic May, The Month of Magic. It's like, it's, it's not like Magic Mike. <laughs> Although there is a couple of shirtless dudes, because Aquaman's going to show up a couple times. But yes, we will be talking about using this episode, Zatanna, as the launching point. We will be looking at different mystical appearances throughout the DCAU with a variety of the shows. And in fact, next week we are kicking it off with a Superman, the animated series episode, that being entitled The Hand of Fate. That's right, we get the introduction, uh, as one might guess, of Dr. Fate to the DCAU and Superman, the animated series. Uh, One of those episodes that, if I recall, played about 357,000 times (laughs) on Saturday mornings on Kids WB. So I'll be interested. I I got pretty sick of it as a child, so I'll be interested to see uh, if I am still uh, still sick of it when we go back to review it. But I look forward to doing that. Don't forget, also, you can support the podcast. Uh, Subscribe to us on the Pod Tower on YouTube. That's one way to support us. Uh, Even if you don't uh, digest your podcast via YouTube, uh, we would love for you to go subscribe there support us it also supports our good friends at tim talk they actually do all of the dcau in order from start to finish so God bless them. Uh, check those guys out absolutely they've done everything i believe they're there they are currently in justice league unlimited so uh get or get about to kick off justice mm-hmm. league unlimited so check check out their podcast either on youtube or uh you can subscribe to them on the other podcast apps as well also part of the pod tower of course is uh our good friends over at the Wild. Watchtower database who are just amazing DCAU content creators. Mm-hmm. Uh, love those guys, good friends of ours. So check them out. Subscribe to that page. You can also get yourself a shirt, a hat, a mug. Head over to DCAUreview.com. Click on the store tab. Pick yourself up some piece of merch to support the pod if you like us. Also, leave a review if you like to. Uh, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts for us. Uh, tell the good people out there what you like about us or uh, maybe not don't like about us too that's okay uh but either way liam i am looking forward to kicking off the month of magic magic may coming next week that's right it's going to be a great great time and uh we like doing these theme months now that, and that's another reason that we don't necessarily go in order with everything is uh, we started doing kind of a, we've done a character theme month we did a green lantern month last year we're definitely going to look to do more of those and now we, uh, we have kind of a different type of theme month going on, so that's another advantage of not necessarily doing every episode in order uh, for our shows. We get to do these kind of fun stuff and kind of break up the... Uh the, uh, I, I don't like to say monotony because this show is always fun. We wouldn't do it if it's not if it wasn't fun for us. But uh, just kind of switching things up rather than just going show to show to show to show to kind of have uh, one or two fun uh, fun twists on that formula each year is, uh, is a lot of fun for us. Absolutely. Look forward to kicking that off next week. But until then, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.